0: Just to echo what Deb said, we've been away on holiday, but we've caught up on all the preachers from the last couple of weeks, and I've just absolutely really loved them. Um, It's just been so refreshing, and just to hear a different person say something different, and that was amazing, Deb. Thank you so much um, for for what you've just shared. Um, So, yeah, I'm um, speaking on uh, the fruit of faithfulness this morning, and I'm a bit of a word nerd, so you have to bear with me. I've got an English degree, I love learning new words. Um, If I hear a word and I don't know what it means, I'll go and look it up. I'll have a guess first. I think think it means that, but let me just check, and I'm usually right. If I'm honest. Um, So yeah, so um, I'm just going to read the dictionary definitions that I found of faithfulness. So the first one is lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships, especially marriage and friendships. The fact or quality of being true to one's words or commitments. Being dedicated and steadfast in performing your duties sticking to facts and being accurate. Now, there's some strong words in there. We've got loyalty, steadfast. That's not a word you hear very much about these days. I kind of think about Mr. Darcy declaring his undying love for Elizabeth Bennet in a Jane Austen novel. I'm steadfastly devoted to you. It's not a word we hear very much these days. Trustworthiness, it's not a word I hear very often. A little scrabble board there. Faithfulness isn't something we hear a lot about this in these days. You walk through the supermarkets and you see all the magazines advertising what's on TV this week. Betrayal. Cheat. Heartbroken. Society and the media gives us regular examples of unfaithfulness, infidelity, betrayal it's almost celebrated some people maybe look at their life in comparison to what's going on in emmerdale or eastenders and think my life's boring nothing's happening in my life and then their their reality starts to emulate the fiction so that's why it's so important for us as christians to raise the standard raise the standard we should be standing out from the crowd for the opposite reason for being steadfast, for being loyal, for being where we said we would be at the time we said we'd be there. We need to be true to our word and be committed. That's why it's so important. In our friendships, in our relationships, in the workplace, we need to be set apart and raise the standard and set that example. So thinking about when we're serving in church, you know, are we are we faithful? Are we reliable? We give our availability a month in advance, but do we stick to it, or do we get to the Saturday and think, oh, "I'm not feeling too good, bit of a late night." Ah, oh, nobody'll mind if I don't turn up tomorrow. They might not; somebody else will step in for sure. But it's not it's not setting the right example. It's not raising the standard. My second point is to follow His example. You know, everyone's singing about it this morning in that song. And I know that I know my God will never fail, yeah? He keeps his promises to us. In Isaiah 54 verse 10, it says, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. There's another word there that we don't hear much of is a covenant, yeah? If we're faithful, If we're in covenant with God, it can't be broken. And, you know, when we're in relationship with him, we should be becoming more like him. It's a journey and we're all at different points on that journey. And I'm not standing up here saying I've got it all together because that's not the case. I'm preaching to myself as much as to you guys this morning. But when we're in relationship with him, we should want to become more like Him. We should want to grow in the fruits of the Spirit, in that love, in that agape, in patience, in joy, in self-control. Ouch. You know, as a wife to Matt, as a mum to our boys, I want to please them. I want to do things that please them. I don't want to do things that upset them. I don't want to betray them or be disloyal or break my word. That breaks my heart when I can't keep my word. Even just as silly as I promised Joel we'd have an ice cream one day on holiday and we didn't get to the shop in time. I broke my word, so I was so apologetic. I'm so sorry, dude, we didn't get there in time. We should be becoming more consistent. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But are we getting closer to perfection? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Or are we like this one day, and then down here the next day, and then up there? Are we making incremental steps in the right direction? We need to follow his example. You know, when I, when I was younger, there was a craze for the, the Christian wristbands. One was Frog, Fully Rely on God. The other one was WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? And it's really cheesy, but it's such a good reminder. Jem's laughing. Same decade uh, <laughs> Such a good reminder. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus love that person that Deb's just been talking about? What would Jesus do? And the third point I want to make is check our motives. Yeah. Colossians 3:22 says, "Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just. When they are watching you, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. You know, what what is our motive? What's our motive at work? What's our motive in relationships, in serving? You know, do we wipe the tables down at work half-heartedly, leaving them all smeary when nobody's watching? But when the boss walks in... (laughs) God sees and actually in my my experience in in church leadership and work leadership the boss always sees as well it stands out when you're unfaithful when you're a bit lazy but it stands out when you're not and people might not always say something, oh I really noticed how, how much care you took of that, they might not say all the time oh I really appreciate your loyalty but you better believe that they see it And you better believe that God sees it. It's really important to check our motives. Do we do the bare minimum? Or do we go the extra mile? Just because that's who we are. That's the fruit that's within us because of the time we spend with him, the time we spend in his word, the time we spend on our knees. Fruit is a funny thing. And you know, fruit trees often take time to be established Joel is crazy he wants to plant a cherry tree and he thinks that he gets all these cherry seeds and he puts them in a bit of soil and the next day he'll have cherries fruit takes time to grow and we need to be patient with ourselves as well and with each other as God is with us so yeah just an example of the motives Joel our eight-year-old He's actually given himself a couple of jobs to do. We gave Caleb a job because he had to earn something and he was going away on a residential that was costing a lot of money. But Joel decided he wanted some jobs. He wanted to help put the shopping away. And at first, my my thought was like, yeah, he's just waiting to see what snacks I've bought him, what treats I've bought him, and that's his motive. But actually, it's not. He loves to water the plants for you, doesn't he, Matt? And he, he just loves doing his jobs. He finds pleasure in them. He finds fun in them. He's not doing the jobs because he thinks, Mom, if I put the shopping away, can I have the donuts that you've just bought? If I put the shopping away, can I have an extra 10 minutes on the Xbox? That's not what he says. He's eight. Maybe we should be a bit more like that with God. The fourth point is be faithful in the little things. And I found this quote as I was preparing the message, and it says a little thing is a little thing, but faithfulness in the little things is a great thing. And I just love that. You know, in Luke 16 verse 10, I think we've got it on the screen, it says, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. You know, at work, I've seen so many people, they want promotion, they want leadership, they want this job title, but they've not got the basics in place. They're late to every meeting. They talk during said meeting. They leave meeting early, but they want to be the boss. They want to be in charge of everyone else. Be faithful in the little things. Because the big things won't come without that, and you know, um, I just thought, was thinking about who in the Bible is it is a good representation of faithfulness, and I just thought of the story of Ruth, um, and just it's one of my favourite stories. Actually, my favourite characters. So Naomi and Elimelech moved to Bethlehem from Moab because they, there was a famine, and they had two sons, Marlon and Chilion, and they lived. They moved to Moab, and Marlon and Chilion married Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. And over the, I think it was 10 years or so, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, Marlon and Killian all die. So it's Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, that are left. And the famine is over in the homeland. So Naomi says, let's, let's go back, let's go back. And as they're on their journey, Naomi turns to Ruth and Orpah and she says, you go back. You go back to your homeland, to your family, to your people. Go and get married again. Go and have a family. And that's probably a pretty reasonable request. And Orpah does. Orpah goes back. But in Ruth 1, verse 14, it says And again they wept together. Orpah kissed her mother in law goodbye. But Ruth clung to Naomi. She clung to her. And then she says to Naomi, Wherever you go, I will go wherever you live I will live your people will be my people and your God my God talk about faithfulness talk about loyalty how easy would it have been for Ruth to go back to the land that she knew the town that she knew the people that she knew the language maybe that she knew she clung to Naomi wherever you go I will go in chapter 2 the story continues Ruth goes out to gather the grain but she sticks to the back of the field and Boaz shows her kindness and he's actually a relative of Elimelech and in Ruth 2 it says Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly what have I done to deserve such kindness she asked I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Wow. Has anyone told Boaz about Ruth? There might have been little whisperings. Hey, have you seen that? Yeah, that's Ruth. She's come, she's come back with her mother-in-law. Who would go back with a mother-in-law? <laughs> I would, actually. She's great. I'm very blessed with my mother-in-law. She didn't push herself forward. In fact, she hung back from everyone else. She didn't get above a station. She didn't think, I deserve to be there more than they do. I need this more than they do. Naomi needs this more than they do. She stayed back, biding her time, trusting in God. But Boaz knew people see your faithfulness without you pointing it out to them, and God sees your faithfulness. Boaz continued to show Ruth kindness, and eventually, with a little bit of matchmaking from the mother in law, they got married. It would have been the easy option for Ruth to return home. How many of us would take the easy option? When life gets a bit tough. When things get in the way. David Wilkerson said, Our faith is not meant to get us out of a hard place or change our painful condition. Rather, it is meant to reveal God's faithfulness to us in the midst of a dire situation might not feel like it at the time, but God's there in those dire situations. And time and time again, he is faithful. James 1 verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And James 1, verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Anyone want the crown of life? We're all on a journey. We don't get it right all the time. But I believe if we draw close to God, we become more like him, like his character. And we can't fool God. He sees our heart. He sees our motives. I'm just going to pray to end. Thank you, Father, for your example of faithfulness to us. Thank you for your patience with us, even when we hit, avoid the mark, God, and we totally get it wrong. Father, I pray that as we draw close to you, as we grow in relationship with you, that you would show us if our motives are wrong. Lord, I pray for all of us here today that we'd become more consistent in our relationships, in our workplaces, and in serving your house, God. Help us to grow in the fruit of faithfulness. In your name we pray. Amen.